Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, CAB Incorporated presents Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Now, here's your host, Amanda Pierch. Good morning and welcome back to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women, a series that salutes and recognizes women who are making an impact in our community. Today, I am joined by Amy Wheeler, the Chief Financial Officer of Eastside Medical Center. How are you this morning, Amy? Oh, I am fantastic. And after that music, I feel so pumped up. up. Pumped up. Well, welcome to the show. A quick word from our presenting sponsor before we dive in. Our show is presented by CAB Incorporated. And since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precision machine iron and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB is proud to be the presenting sponsor of this Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. We are also brought to you in part by McCarthy Building Companies and Cat Rangers. Without further ado, Amy, let's dive right in. Okay. I'll give, give a little history. Amy is a powerhouse woman that I have the pleasure of actually knowing outside of the studio. Um, I guess we met probably at a, a chamber event a couple of years I think ago, so. yeah. and just by nature, we hit it off. Um, we are joined today by by a, a guest in studio, and that is her lovely and supportive husband, who I also had the pleasure of meeting at that time. So we've remained in contact um, through the years, and she's just a mover and shaker, a, a large participant in our community, and we'll get into all those facets here in just a minute. Yeah. But let's jump into our DeLorean, Amy, and let's take it back to Oklahoma where everything started. That's right. I'll let you take it from here. Okay. So like you said, Amanda, I was born and raised in Bethany, Oklahoma, just a little small town right outside of Oklahoma City, and made my way to Nashville, Tennessee for college. Um, I know you know, but the fan, everybody out there may not, but um, I've got a little bit of height to me. So I played a little bit of basketball in college um, at a small school at uh, Trevecca Nazarene University. Mm. Um, it was a great way to kind of get out of my small town and see what the world had to offer. And after getting to Nashville, I realized I really loved Nashville and I wanted to see what I could do after school out there. Uh, and just like um, other athletes, um, basketball actually went from, covered both semesters. So I couldn't do an internship in college. And so my first job outside of school was an internship with my parent company today, HCA Healthcare. Wow. Got an internship two months after that, got a full-time job. So it was a, a, a blessing all the way through. And what I've did been, you go to school for? Rewind just a bit. So yeah, let's rewind. I actually... In, in the grand scheme of things, went to school for accounting, but had two other majors along the way. Mm-hmm. So, Which yeah. were? Uh, math, and then I tried marketing. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not creative. Oh. I learned that. I ve- differ. Yes. Accounting is definitely, math is my, my pleasure. So. so you have that analytical gene. You know yeah. it. You well, know bless it. you for being good with numbers, because as you said, you're not creative. I'm, <laughs> not anal- I'm not math savvy, so you've got that. Yes. No, it was definitely, um, I learned that the hard way. I literally took a marketing class and I don't know what I was even doing and so um getting the credit yes definitely (laughs) um so yeah so then jumped over to um HCA never really thought I wanted healthcare, but it was one of those things it was the job that was laid out in front of me so I was like let's give it a shot um and I have not turned around been with them for 16 years and um have just kind of moved my way up through the company my first job was an internal audit and that was what the internship was with um, was so that's at the corporate office in Nashville. Then I jumped, and then I really realized I went on the hospital side. Mm-hmm. I was in there 
auditing the hospitals and realized that's really where I want to be. And so that was my next step. And what so, was the reason for that? Like, what was so um, enticing about the, the hospital? Just helping people or? It was the people aspect for sure. I love my corporate life, but I really loved getting to know the people at the hospital because they were actually the ones touching the patients. Mm. Um, yes, I know as accountants, we don't get to touch the patients, but we do in a way. Um, if we don't pay the bills for our electricity, guess what? They can't be There's no patients. Yeah. Um, and so it was it was just kind of connecting that, um, that personal aspect, the people aspect, and really really getting into that side of my job so to the really, financial side exactly yeah. really enjoyed making that jump over to the hospital started out um, as a, an assistant controller in a hot in one of the hospitals in my company got promoted to controller what that means is I was the assistant director to director and then I got my first CFO job at Parker G's hospital in Chattanooga Tennessee um, which was such a pleasure really grew there um it was a small hospital but it was perfect for my career um i had never been a cfo before mm -hmm. and so i had to learn not only what a cfo did but learn how to you know take care of the rest of everything else as well and so um, it was a great place for me to learn and really grow amy as a leader and so from there um got my job down here in january 2017 mm -hmm. i cannot believe it's been almost four years and um, yeah, you've only been in Georgia for four years, only in Georgia wow. for four years. So, yeah, take me back because I'm sitting here looking at this handsome fellow at the end <laughs> of the table and he came into the mix somewhere. He did. How did you and Casey fall into lockstep? Oh, goodness gracious. I'm going to give you the short end of the story. We actually knew each other in college um, and I tell people it took us 10 years to realize we actually liked each other. Oh, and so we actually became really good friends and then reconnected later on in life. Um, it was 2009, if I remember correctly, that we uh, rekindled our friendship, and about seven months after that, we got married. Oh, so we've that's been, the best place to start as best was, friends. It definitely was. We knew each other at a completely different level, mm -hmm. and um, and so we've been married for it's going to be 11 years in January. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. Now that sounds to me kind of like, if you don't mind me kind of going into that, you go. Um, you guys were kind of at mature stages in life at mm -hmm. the time. Uh, I know some people, you know, they kind of get married young, and then they're kind of like fighting to find their career footing and mm -hmm. kind of reach that earning potential that's worthwhile together and the sweat of our brow so you guys were kind of established so you guys were able to merge lives and kind of already be at successful points within your career yes yes we were and um and that also has its challenges though too um uh, being a financial person, sharing my finances with somebody else probably was one of the biggest Scary. challenges yeah. I actually had. And I know he's laughing at the end of the table because, I mean, for like the first three years of my life, I watched our bank account like a hawk because I just didn't know right. what other to people's do. Habits. Exactly. Yeah. So that was it was great because I was further along in my <laughs> career. Um, he was with me as I took that first step as a CFO, which was great. Um, but it was also definitely challenging because we were both also kind of set in our ways, I guess you could put it mm -hmm. that way. And so learning how to work together and live together, um, but still keep that personality that we already had. Right. And your individuality. Exactly. Well, I can say that and I met you guys in a, in, in a chamber setting and you guys were together. You guys are a power couple. You're not the couple that needs to be clinged to each other the whole time. You guys no. do your own thing and you both um, hold very high caliber roles. So your network is vast yes. and that's exciting. Yeah. 
I'd like to take it back to some of the things that you do to um, kind of enhance our wonderful community. Only being here for four years, yep. not a native to Georgia or Gwinnett, but you do so much um, to participate, not only through your role at, at the hospital, but also personally, because I've been invited to several <laughs> things that you do personally. And I'll mention the two that I know of here recently. You had like an arranging flower yes. type event, and then you always do your annual, is it a crawfish boil? It is. Okay, it I'll is. let you elaborate and talk about where those funds go to and why yeah. they're near and dear to your heart. Yeah, so I'll take it back to four years ago. Um, American Cancer Society and the Relay for Life. I'm telling you, I actually had never been involved with the Relay for Life before until I came to Gwinnett, um, Gwinnett County. And I realized that Gwinnett County has the largest Relay for Life in the country. And so got to go to my first one with the hospital fell in love with just what it was all about and I always start off by saying uh, if I ask everybody in this room somebody has been touched by somebody with cancer yes um, whether it's yourself whether it's a family member whether it's a friend and and that has always just just held to heart to my heartstrings and so I've taken that to the next level and really gotten involved in the American Cancer Society, not only here in Gwinnett County, but kind of in the Northeast Georgia area. And um, we, um, we, my husband and I, one of our favorite things to do is throw parties. And so we have thrown um, a crawfish boil. We've done it two different times. This year was gonna be the third and the pandemic hit, right. so we could not have people over. Um, and then I, so I decided to do something different this year and throw a flower arrangement party mm -hmm. for some of the ladies mm -hmm. in the area and just had a blast learning how to actually do your flower arrangements. Right. I from can go, professional. exactly. I can go and do my own flower arrangement instead of buying them for right now. Um, and, but all, every time we do something, we do it as a fundraiser and we, um, all the funds go directly to Relay for Life. Um, and it's uh, and I do it for the Gwinnett County Relay for Life, and it's just it, like I said, it's going to a great cause. Mm -hmm. um, I personally, um, it, over the last two months, have actually had a very close friend of mine pass away from cancer. Mm -hmm. Before yes, that, I didn't have that um, that real that real closeness. I had people who had maybe you know had a little scare, but that was it. But um, it's really starting to hit even closer to home. And this mm -hmm. was a friend of mine from high school, so mm -hmm. it was it was a really tough time. So. I'm sorry for your loss. You. Um, you know, we are in October and it's mm -hmm. breast cancer awareness month or just cancer awareness as a whole. Yesterday, we actually had the real men that wear pink of Atlanta. Yeah. So we are equally enthusiastic about your cause. I am just curious, like from an individual standpoint, mm -hmm. because you guys do this frequently and you're very passionate about it. Do you coordinate directly with someone at the American Cancer Society or do you just make a, a large donation, you know, just as a, just a regular old person that just does it repeatedly? Yeah, no, we actually coordinate with the um, with two of the ladies that actually run the Relay for Life here in Gwinnett County. Okay. And so um, I've gotten to know them very well um, over the last two years. And so they, um, we, I always donate under the East Side name. Good. So that East Side will always get credit for it, but Aww. it's coming from my husband and I. So. That's sweet. Yeah. Well, that's um, just one of the things that you do. I will <laughs> say we have been at so many community events together yes. and what is resounding in my mind right now, because it happened pre-pandemic. And I just remember as we're getting into the cold season, when we were at the Run the Reagan yes. and it was so windy and you you had on like everything warm that you needed. I didn't anticipate it was going to be that cold. I had like a ski hat and a scarf and we took the cutest picture because I had my east side sunglasses on. Yes, you did. And you were there. You were present. You were visible. You were forward. You're representing your community 
even though you said that your forte wasn't marketing, mm -hmm. you yourself as an individual, you're out there and, and you as a person, you're marketing for yourself and for Eastside. So despite what you said, I think you're a pretty good marketer. Well, thank you. I'll you're take welcome. that to heart. So talking about community visibility mm -hmm. and all the things that you do, I know that you serve on boards and stuff like that as well. So again, with work life integration and all the things that you juggle, first let's talk about some of the positions that you yeah. serve as, and then we'll talk about the balance. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on an advisory board for the GECC, which is the Greater East Side um, Chamber of Commerce, which is kind of out there in the Snellville, Loganville, Monroe area. Um, it's actually where my husband and I reside, so it makes it easy to get involved and, okay. and just really promote them. Um, on top of that, do a ton with the Gwinnett Chamber as well. Um, not on the board, but making sure I'm involved in everything oh, yeah. that they do. I'm pretty sure that's where we see each other at least several times a year. Uh -huh. Maybe not this year, but going forward. Um, and then I do, um, I've, I've gotten really involved with the Leadership Gwinnett. Um, so I was a Leadership Gwinnett graduate in 2019, um, which was a phenomenal um, thing for me here in the county. Really got to know a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I, before that, I actually did glance at Gwinnett too. So I've done both. Yes. Um, and really enjoyed both. And then now I'm actually, um, at least last year, I got to serve on the HHS, which is Health and Human Services Day Committee. For Gwinnett? Uh, or for, for, for Leadership Gwinnett. Okay. And I, I was the East Side rep representative, representative, which was awesome. Uh -huh. On top of that, I get involved through those by um, if uh, Jay Denard and myself, Jay is over at Gwinnett Medical Center. We, um, we get to present at these events as well. We usually do glance. And um, it's a lot of fun because one of the things that this community brings is our hospitals are not competing every day we are we know there's enough business out there that we can all be successful and I've never had that in um, in any of the other communities mm -hmm. usually it's down Cut with throat. the yes down yeah. with the competitor but it's not like that here and Jay and I have a great relationship and to tell you the truth if you ever want something entertaining see one of our presentations because <laughs> we, we we you know we're we're have back and forth it. and we're making jokes and it's uh -huh. it, I, I don't even know if they learn anything from us but it's a lot they're of fun. entertained yes they definitely are entertained I like to hear that because you know it's um kind of hard especially for women and I don't like to mm -hmm. get too much into the woman in the workplace <laughs> ball genre um but to have friendly competition as you said mm -hmm. You are truly, you know, she would be your, your comp set. However, um, we want to play nice in the sandbox. Yeah. Um, so to kind of uh, balance that relationship and that friendship and that community involvement, I tip my hat to you because sometimes okay. it's, it's rough to be in that position. I do want to just say really quickly because not everybody would know, and I did know just from previous conversations and from previous worlds of hotel sales and stuff, competition is very real. But you wouldn't think in the healthcare system, the average person wouldn't think that that's a competitive industry. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, it is. It is. And, you know, as um, people get more savvy on the computer and, and rules and regulations come down where we have to be more transparent around maybe what we, we charge for different things, um, people are now shopping for their health care. Wow. And it's, it, that is something I never thought would happen. Mm -hmm. But um, those savvy um, those savvy patients want to go where, they're, um, where they feel like they're going to get the best That's care. And it's not just around the price. It's around the quality of care and, and what kind of experience patients in the past. I've had, I've had so. yeah. Well, I've been to um, some of your ribbon cuttings for yeah. your, um, what are they called? The, the urgent, urgent care, care facilities. Mm -hmm. Very nice. All the doctors are always there and welcoming. You yeah. guys welcome the community. You give the tours. It's always a very friendly reception that I've had. Yeah. Um, and then you did the, what was it? The heart. 
where all the red balloons and all that stuff what was the heart it was oh uh, i'm trying to think the name heart of it month, oh it was, right? it was um yes and it was at the hospital yeah. um it was the was it the women no the women was pink I don't know. Heart oh, Association. Yeah, yes, the Heart yes. Association. Yes. Yeah. So you guys you guys give back and you make um, the community oh, yes. aware. And that's half the battle is the awareness. Oh, yeah. And those events are amazing. And we really have had a lot of participants in those events from the community. Um, that one is um, geared towards both men and women mm-hmm. where they're learning about heart heart health. And we have our cardiologists out there yes. teaching them what to do. And we speaking have, to just anybody. Yes, we have our dietitians out there teaching them how to cook at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in October, now, of course, this was all pre-COVID. Um, in October, we usually do a women's heart health. Month. Yes, that's what. And, and that's <laughs> one of my favorite things is seeing all these women. And we have a, a lot of, we um, gear around breast cancer awareness mm-hmm. as well. And last year was the most amazing thing to see all of the breast cancer survivors, survivors yeah. in the room. And we gave them uh, just a single rose. Aww. And so we could know who they were. Yeah. And it just touched my heart to see all of these women bringing some of the other women in their life so that they could learn about it as well. Yeah. And that is, like you said, the awareness and the education. Mm-hmm. That's so sweet. Um, our listeners can't see your face, but all <laughs> the passion and emotion that shines through when you speak about it just goes to show um, how deeply involved you are. Yeah. Um, this is a perfect uh, pause for a word from one of our other sponsors. Okay. As you guys know, McCarthy Building Companies is a general contractor specializing in healthcare, education, aviation, and commercial construction products. They are committed to helping their clients achieve their short and long-term strategic goals. The McCarthy Partnership for Women believes that diverse perspectives drive better outcomes, and that is why they are thrilled to support this Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. That kind of just brings me to a question. I'm curious, okay. and I know that you, you can uh, take what I parlay. <laughs> in your role, do you have any hand in anything that's done, like, on a construction side to any of your facilities? And, like, so, like, McCarthy's general yeah. contractor. Are you one of the people that kind of has a, a say and, like, yes, we need this wing expanded, and you choose the contractor? Or what is your involvement in something yeah. like that? So it, it's kind of um, twofold. It's myself and then um, John Hoover, our CEO at the hospital, really kind of share that that um, that responsibility. Um, the part that I get to be involved with is the pre-planning. I know that sounds really weird. But you just got excited but about I that. But I love the numbers on pre-planning. It's like a big puzzle, uh-huh. right? And you can ask my husband, I love puzzles. And so it's, it's, it's taking what I know in the community, what's happening, what the volume need is and trying to figure out is it worth building a new wing or um, is it worth expanding a service Um, how do we um, make a case to buy a new piece of equipment that will improve not only um, maybe the hospital financially but also the patient's experience right and so how do i put all of that together when it comes to the construction side it's really done by john and his team and um i just i basically set the, the number i set the budget and they'd go forth and conquer okay um but i actually do like to get involved in that side mm-hmm. i'm just not the one responsible for it i love to sit in on all the meetings just learn to tell you the see. truth a construction project it blows my mind what goes into yeah. it um and i've been involved just from a from the back seat for a while but i love love what goes into it yes yeah well i 
I can see your enthusiasm, and I hope that translates over the air. Uh, I do want to just rewind again, and I apologize for my water bugging. That's the term I use. I'm curious, because of your passion and this uh, entrepreneurial spirit Mm -hmm. and drive that you have, uh, when you were a youngster, um, how did you kind of navigate the waters to decide what you wanted to do? Or did you experience some ambiguity before college and (laughs) and your path to career? I'm so glad you asked that, because no, I had no idea. Um, In fact, if you would have asked me at 10 years old, I was going to be the first woman in the NBA. Then the WNBA started, and I was like, oh, well, I don't want to play with them. I want to play with the men. So I was was like, well, let's move on to the next. The next thing was like, I wanted to be a dentist. I just loved teeth. I know that sounds weird. Um, And then I was like. Wait, you liked other people's or your own? Other people's. (laughs) It was so, I don't know. But then I realized I did not want to go to medical school at all and so I decided what what's next and so really to tell you the truth I thought I'm just gonna follow my dad's footsteps become a math major and figure it out ah, and so math the love of math runs in your family yes it okay. does and so but then I realized I had no idea what I wanted to do with a math major there's not that direct path into a business or whatever hmm. and so I was like well I guess I could go back and be a teacher didn't really have the passion for that I could go back and be in the oil and gas field like my dad does. Didn't really want have the passion for that. Um, and then that's when, of course, I made that jump into the business side and took that that love for math mm-hmm. and put it into the business and became an accountant. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. I like that. So you kind of pivoted at a young age. Tell, tell me a little bit about your parents. Um, mm-hmm. your, so your dad was a, a math enthusiast. Yes. And what about your mom? Uh, yeah. So my mom was a first grade teacher and um, did that for 26 years. Was phenomenal. I used to love going to her class when I got older mm-hmm. and just see how she handled 20 plus first graders in a room and um it always amazed me she was so so amazing to watch during that and then my dad got his degree in math and um still to this day is in the oil and gas field wow um and out where in in oklahoma Oklahoma, yeah but does a lot of work in dallas and houston um and just kind of all over um and that's what that's what my parents did so that's what i was raised with two very very hard hard workers yeah Mm -hmm. do you have any siblings i do i have a sister who's actually a nurse practitioner and in Oklahoma and then I have a brother who owns a coffee shop out in Colorado oh Ooh, I bet he's doing very well he's doing very well and his coffee is amazing oh yes to, it's I'll the only thing about it where just, where do you fall in the age range are you the oldest the middle the youngest I, I am the middle you're the middle yes my brother is the oldest and my sister is the youngest okay now yeah. is that middle child mantra true oh definitely definitely oh most definitely <laughs> have a complex I definitely a have child a complex I have I have a major complex mm-hmm. around this yes no so do you have any nieces or nephews? We do. So my sister has two kids, um, Hunter and Hayden. And Aww. then on um, my husband's side, we have three. We have um, Mac and Georgia, um, who are his sister's um, stepchildren. And Aww. then we have Mr. Grayson, who is his um, brother's son. Was so. Grayson born in Georgia? No. Okay, I, was I know. Was Grayson, Georgia, yeah. I know. But no, it's um, no, not, not that. But we almost lived in Grayson just because of Grayson. So. Was Georgia born in Georgia? No. Wow. I know. But were these people from Georgia? No, Texas. Man, I know. How ironic. I know. So that ironic. Cool. Yeah. So we love to spoil the nieces and nephews. It I is bet. one of our favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that they feel loved from Aunt Amy and Uncle Casey from afar and making sure that they remember us because mm-hmm. we don't get to see them often. So it's a special um, position in someone's life to be an aunt or an uncle. You're highly influential. Yep. They look to you and uh, you can really mold that young mind, even like you said, from mm-hmm. afar. Yeah, definitely. 
I, I am an aunt as oh, well. So fantastic. aunt power. Aunt power. Mm-hmm. I like it. You speak very highly about your siblings and your parents and yeah. your, um, you know, road to your career path. Who along the way was um, a mentor to you or somebody that you kind of turned to, um, you know, as a soundboard or some mm-hmm. encouragement throughout mm-hmm. your your road to success? Well, um, so at a younger age, um, my brother and sister and I are, are very, very close. And so they were usually my sounding board, especially going through college. I was the one in Nashville and they actually stayed and went to college in my hometown. And so um, they didn't know what I was going through because we weren't at the same school. And so um, a great sounding board there. Um, when I got into my career, to tell you the truth, there's two gentlemen that actually have helped me along the way. And it's when I went into my first hospital. And um, they taught me what it meant to be just a very professional accountant, um, not how I'm going to have to overcome being a woman in accounting or being a woman as a CFO, but how do I how do I just do my job and move on? And they taught me, to tell you the truth, what they taught me the most was a great work-life balance. Mm. Both of these gentlemen, one was the CFO of the hospital and one was the VP of finance, and both of them made sure that they made time for their families no matter what. And um, I saw that growing up from my dad, but I thought that was just something special that my dad did. Um, But it wasn't, it's, you know, it's definitely something important um, to a lot of people out there. And that's definitely something that I've held true um, to what I do is making sure that I make time, not only for my husband, but for my friends and family. How do you kind of allocate that time? Because you can be pulled in so many different directions and nobody out there listening would think that jobs are just nine to five now. I'm sure what you do doesn't fall into that Monday through Friday, nine to five category. So with all the participations and all of your um, passions and stuff like that, how do you carve out time for Amy? Mm -hmm. How do you carve out time for Amy and Casey? Because those are two separate times. Yes, they are. How do you carve out the time for your own, you know, physical and mental Mm -hmm. um, improvement? Mm Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. me the secret that these fellas shared with you. Yes. So so one of the secrets that I, it may be a little bit different on my side because um, I, my husband, like um, like you said, he's he's got his own company. He, mm-hmm. So I get my own Amy time when he's on the, I make that my Amy time so I don't have to take away from the time that we have together um, when he's actually in town. And then when he is in town, I make it a point to, if I have a free hour at the end of the day, I leave an hour early. I, 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 there's, I'm going to make up for that hour Mm -hmm. the next week when he's on the road. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just make sure that we've, I'm managing my schedule, my calendar so that I'm spending that good quality time with my husband. Um, and then also at the same time, making sure that I'm spending time with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things is just getting up early for me. I'm an early bird. Um, and to tell you the truth, drinking coffee and literally just sitting like maybe not even doing anything, just sitting and breathing in if it's warm outside outside if it's too cold sitting inside the kitchen Mm -hmm. looking outside just getting ready for my day and that's that's really a good uh, just an amazing time for me and that's in the morning that's in the morning would you consider that meditation um or just like kind of quiet time maybe I've never even thought of it as meditation but it is it's my time to just sit and um, reflect on what happened yesterday um try and figure out what I got to get done today and it's just my time to kind of just get prepared so that I don't go into a work day with chaos either um, or just downtrodden. And so, yeah, just kind of gets me set. Maybe I should try that because (laughs) I wake up and I have my coffee, but I, I grab my phone, I start answering emails, doing social media. And that kind of just like kickstarts my brain into like go. And I'm just like, I don't ever really spend any time in the quiet. Maybe I should try that. Thank you, Amy. You're (laughs) welcome. You're welcome. It definitely has helped me along the way. 
I'm very curious because as adults, we still crave interaction with others and as in like a team setting. Mm-hmm. I used to play soccer when I was young and I experimented with co-ed teams when I got older. Do you still play b-ball at oh. all? Do you go out there and bounce around on the court just I, by yourself? No, or with, with I, friends? Haven't, I haven't in a long time and it really kind of makes me sad. I, I want to get back out. In fact, we were at a Hawks game um, before the NBA mm-hmm. decided not to have fans this year and we bought a basketball I'm a Hawks basketball, and so my ultimate goal is to get out to the um, courts in our neighborhood and just go start playing. And dunk on those kids. And just, you know, take those kids <laughs> down, right? Yeah, dunk on um, them. And they may actually be able to beat me at these this point in time. <laughs> but um, just get back out there and play. Mm-hmm. Um, it is something that I miss, the, the team aspect. Yeah, the team camaraderie. That, and I think that's probably what makes me um, who I am today is that teamwork that I've always had to deal with. Um, that is something that I started I, I started playing at two or three mm-hmm. I've played basketball my whole life and so um, I learned what it meant to be on a team at a very young age and there's a lot of a lot of power in the team yes, they always there said is. there's no I in team that's right it teaches you at an early age that's right well if you could um go back and change one thing um it you don't have to if it's personal you don't have to <laughs> share but just like one thing that maybe stands out in your mind you say man I should have turned left when I went right or in hindsight 2020 um, what would you kind of look to rewind or rework or do differently? Oh, that is a, um, a great question. And let me think on that just for a second. I There's a lot of things in my life where um, I don't... It I could don't, be nothing. I don't know if I would change anything. Good for you. And the reasoning is, is um, there were paths that I thought I needed to take, but some roadblock came in into play. Um, I thought I wanted to be in the big four accounting firms. Well, that was my first declination letter um, as a college student. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not accept me. And um, that was like that roadblock that kind of put me, like made me take a step back and figure out, okay, maybe I'm not supposed to be in the big four. And that's when I got into healthcare. And then healthcare has taken me on such a journey that I can't see myself being in anything yeah, else. Yeah. So I don't, I don't no regret zero regrets. No regret. Yeah. I like it. Well, tell the listeners because I um, am friends. Well, you're elusive on social media. You're only on Instagram. I am. I always have to I tag am. Casey. Uh, yes. Yes. You just keep tagging I live Casey. vicariously yes. through Casey's posts. So you guys do a lot of traveling and you mentioned that flexibility and yeah. that's really exciting. Um, and coordinating travel time together. Is that a challenge with both of your busy schedules? Um, it, Are you able yeah. just to carve out that week or so and if we plan in advance we're usually able to a lot of our trips end up being like long weekends he'll come home on a thursday and if i'm able to take off friday i mean there's been times that we decided thursday night we wanted to go somewhere Uh um uh that's exciting my husband is very fly by the seat of his pants i'm very i want to plan so do i and he in advance he has made me turn that corner and i'm not gonna lie it still makes my heart flutter flutter when we decide one minute to go somewhere but um I still enjoy every minute of it. And you trust that he has it all, all planned I, out. I do. Yeah. I do. Yes. But yeah, but travel, that's like one of our favorite things to do is mm-hmm. travel. And um, we we um, actually made the decision in the, um, at, when we first got married not to have kids. And that's why we're able to travel and, and go where we want to. And, and we... we always just just go to wherever we want to and that's the that's the fun part and see and make friends yes and eat and drink and be married oh yes and we make some wonderful friends on trips it's the funniest thing we we are not the ones that go to the chain restaurants mm-hmm. we will go to Seek our out. hotel and we will say 
what's the best local place and then at some point in time in the night we have two new best friends Mm -hmm. i don't know how it happens but it does oh i know how it happens (laughs) i've been there yes it's exciting (laughs) yes i do want to ask you because you you mentioned your analytical nature Mm -hmm. and calendars and things like that and a planner in advancer um you mentioned that you're you have your meditation time in the morning so outside of that what is the first 90 minutes of your day highly productive people usually accomplish lots yeah. in that, that first 90, 90 minutes. Yeah. So I usually try to get to work a little bit before um, others arrive. And the reason I do that is I've got about 30 minutes to an hour where I can literally focus in on emails or a task that I didn't get done the day before. It makes me start my day out on the right foot because if I'm already behind on email going into a day, then I feel like I'm even more behind by the end of that day. Because it just keeps piling on. It just keeps piling on. And, and as you can imagine, my day is full of meetings. Um, just like any other executive in any other business, that's just how our worlds turn. And so I, I spend a, a good quality amount of time on emails. And then once people actually start coming into the office, then I um, will you know get started on whatever I need to. Usually the first meetings are starting at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And um, just trying to make sure that I've got everything planned out for the day. Usually, I'll try and get with my assistant first thing in the morning. Make oh, sure you I don't. Have an assistant, how do fancy! Kristen, and she is fantastic. <laughs> Shout um, out to Kristen. And she will be hearing this later on. But um, she, you know, we'll make sure we're not. I'm not double booked, yeah. or because you know that does happen. And yeah. so, just making sure I've got the the day planned, laying the groundwork you for your it. successful day. Yeah. I like that. Well, I do want to ask if there's any um, tidbits of advice or anything that you have to share with our listeners, the young entrepreneur that might be looking to kind of leap into that career. What would you say to anybody out there looking to um, take that first step? Yeah, I would. Um, one of the things that I always say to, to people, and especially early on in their careers, just staying true to yourself. Um, no matter what industry you're going into, no matter what gender you are, whatever, stay true to who you are and and how you were raised and and what kind of work ethic you already have. And don't ever stray away from that. Um, And and I think it'll take you far. Um, That is something that I I learned because, you know, I found that I was trying to be maybe sometimes somebody I wasn't to um, sit at the table with the guys or to, you know, to get into that next role. But I, I needed to make sure that I was holding myself true to those beliefs and, and everything that I, I started my, you know, my career on. Mm-hmm. So stay true to yourself. Stay true. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and there's this one, um, it, he's called a, like a mind coach mm. and he talks about your own personal code of ethics. So yeah. we kind of grow up and like you said, um, just by happen chance, our surroundings, our parents, it's ingrained in us. But when you reach a certain age, kind of developing your own code yes. of what you are and what you're not willing to accept, not based on what others have you know, drilled mm-hmm. into your head mm-hmm. is something that's really important for us to do. I would completely agree to that statement. I second, yes. I yes. second what she said. Definitely. I have something funny to share with okay. you and we will, we will uh, have a word from our last sponsor and that is cat rangers. Cat rangers is saving lives of cats and kittens one paw at a time. They are the special forces of cat rescue and all of their felines recover in their lovely home-like center in Buford while they wait to find their forever homes. Cat Rangers is growing rapidly and is always seeking financial and volunteer support. Please contribute by visiting catrangers.org today. 
We love our little furry friends in Buford. Now, I know you don't have any animals. Do no. you have any cat allergies? No cat okay. allergies. No. Good. If you ever feel like you just want to go pet a furry friend and maybe sip a cup of coffee, you can just go hang out with these cats in Even this better. home-like setting in Buford. So that go to awesome. catrangers.com today if you'd like to schedule an appointment <laughs> to sit with a fluffy fluffers. Um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, I was joined by Amy Wheeler today, and she's the Chief Financial Officer of Eastside Medical Center in Snellville, Georgia. Um, if you guys are new to the podcast, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. We are live every Friday at 1130 a.m., and you can catch any of our shows online at businessradiox.com or through your favorite podcast app. I like to listen through iHeartRadio. Amy, where do you listen to your podcast? I listen through iTunes. iTunes, baby. All right, you guys, stay connected with us on social media at Gwen at Radio X. And until next time, I am Amanda Pierch, and this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women.